in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, 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 wow. Can you believe it? Uh, Unbelievable. Totally crazy, scary, weird. They've gone way too far. They are desperate. And you know what? When you get desperate, when you're so full of hate and they hate Trump, oh, they hate him. But when you let your emotions do the thinking, you're going to make mistakes. This was a huge mistake, raiding the Mar-a-Lago property of Donald Trump on a on a fishing expedition or trying to get him on some technical violation. These guys are crazy. And I remembered, actually, it was on this day in history, August 9th, 1974, Richard Nixon actually left the White House. His resignation took place at noon that day, August 9th, today. And he flew off. But before he flew off, he gave an amazing speech, his farewell speech. And it was, uh, wow, he talked about his mother. He talked about uh, his dad. He talked about, you know, being down, being up. And One thing he said, and it kind of applied to Richard Nixon himself. He said, whatever you do, don't hate your enemies, because when you hate them, you destroy yourself. <laughs> it's really interesting. And uh, I think what they're doing is destroying themselves. The Democrats... Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, uh, huge swaths of the FBI, they have convinced themselves they have allowed the lies to fester in their minds or now they believe the lies. They have convinced themselves that Donald Trump, you've heard it a million times, he is a a threat to democracy, is an existential threat to democracy. Uh, He's worse than Hitler. He's this, he's that. If you believe that stuff, you will go to any measure to stop him. And I am concerned about what comes next because I don't think this nonsense is going to work. And everybody can see it. Everybody, I'm hearing from Democrats. I had Rick Grinnell on. Rick Grinnell is about. He's the was Trump's national director of intelligence. He's got um, he's got friends on the left. He does, and uh, but he's devout <laughs> devout for Trump. But he's hearing from Democrats saying, this is too much. This has gone too far. You know, as I was going to bed last night, I looked at my email every day because I subscribe to uh, DonaldTrump.com or whatever it is. I get at least, uh, no exaggeration, about three dozen emails uh, asking me to give money to the Trump uh, campaign, to the, to the Trump pack, to this, to that, the other thing. I don't. I generally ignore it. Last night, I'm like, you know what? I got to give them some money. I just felt it in my bones. I, I want to give. I want to do something. On the way home last night, I wanted to go to Trump Tower, just cheer him on or whatever. Instead, I gave him a call. I actually talked to the president myself and um, gave him my encouragement. He was uh, totally incensed by this situation. But, you know, not not emotional. Not not. Uh, he's got it together. He's, he actually has room to talk about other stuff. You know, just ordinary things. He's, uh, you know, hey, so what else is going on? And he is just an amazing, an amazing man. You know, thank God it's Trump right now. <laughs> if somebody else, you, who could have put up with this stuff? Who could have put up with what they put him through in 2015 and 2016? Um, the, the, the Russia hoax, uh, first impeachment, second impeachment, all this phony January 6th stuff. Now this, nobody. They just are so desperate to stop him. I am worried, though about what they'll resort to, what will they do next? Because they think Liz Cheney, she's, oh, he's an existential threat. We can't let him get near the White House. And she thinks she's this staunch constitutionalist. She's not. She's a terrible, swamp, hideous person. So are the Cheneys in general. My gosh, they got us into the wrong war. 
And they're talking about Trump being a danger? No, he's not. He was in so many ways a very traditional president. And that's what we want, okay? We want a traditional president. I know he defied all of the uh, decorum of uh, of being a president. But you know what? The decorum, decorum changes over time. It does. What's acceptable, what's not. Everything changes. Everything does. Uh, Howard Stern, at one point, nobody talked like him on the radio. And then now everybody does it, right? You know, there was a time where women, actually, when they went to the beach basically wore suits, okay? They actually wore clothes to the beach. You can look it up in the 1920s, what they actually wore on the beach. They wore big skirts to the beach. Now what do they wear? What do they wear when they're walking around outside, all right? Things change. Standards change. And I, uh, Trump was very is very reflective of who we are right now. But when it comes to his job, when it came to his job, the one of being president, it's very traditional. Not fascist, not this, not that. Yes, he said sometimes outlandish things. There was entertainment value in that, actually. And he commanded attention. You know, it's very important for a president to command attention. Do you command attention just by saying, I will be announcing my legislative agenda for the next... No. I will be announcing my proposal for the Veterans Affairs... No. You got to get in their face and you got to say it in a tough way. And we will say it strongly. We will say it very strongly. Uh, He mastered that. And that just drives him crazy. Traditional politicians. And he likes people. Most politicians don't. They can't stand people. They can't stand them, these unwashed people. No way. They got into politics so they wouldn't have to be with. They want to be with the rich people. That's where opportunity is. That's where they can become rich. And then they hang around with the rich people. Like like Joe Biden went from uh, basically nobody, nobody to, wow, somebody in politics. Politics made Joe Biden. Politics made Dick Cheney. Goes from no money, literally no money, a drunk in the sheriff's jail to being vice president of the United States, now worth a hundred and something million dollars. Politics gave him that. You know what? Politics gave Trump a great big headache. <laughs> the opportunity to serve. And I think he, he loves that. He values that. And he wants to serve again. And he is already. But politics did not make Donald Trump. Did not. Politics made Kathy Hochul. You think Kathy Hochul ever flew in a helicopter before she became governor? All right. They fall in love with the trappings. They fall in love with that nonsense. Trump had all of that junk when he was 30 years old. All right. People, when he got to the White House, he was barely, he didn't change. Most people are in awe of their surroundings. You mean I'll get to fly on Air Force One? Wow. I'm going to tell the captain where to go. Wow, this is amazing. This whole jet. Look at me. Look at me. This boy from Arkansas. Oh, wow. You know, that's the way they are for the first two years. Trump gets in there. It's like, I can't believe the condition of this plane. What's wrong with you people? Clean it up. Are you serious? This plane is, this is a 30-year-old plane. My planes are much better than this. That's what you need. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. All right. So 100, I, I heard up to 100 FBI agents. Right? You know how unnecessary this was? I mean, at this point, Trump, they knew, and I knew, was in Bedminster, I think, when this thing went down. And then he came into Trump Tower. Um, Mar-a-Lago was closed down for the summer. Closed down. You can't go. It, it's, it's closed. Uh, it's too hot down there in Palm Beach. Where is this? Alan Dershowitz, the great Alan Dershowitz. Uh, cut one, please. 
the key point that everybody's missing here is that Donald Trump was not in Mar-a-Lago. So there was no reason not to issue a subpoena returnable tomorrow so that there's no claim that Trump could have destroyed anything. This should have been a subpoena, not a search warrant. If it is a search warrant, it has to have a high level of cause demonstrating that the evidence would have been destroyed. Not only that, but under the law, if you seize a safe, you don't go into the safe. You have to get a special warrant to get into the safe, and you have to prove that the material in the locked safe would have been destroyed. So it seems to me that they have violated the rules of the Justice Department. They have gone after both a former president and a future candidate, and they darn well better have smoking gun proof, which I don't see happening. And clearly, there's been a double standard here. Good for Alan Dershowitz. Wow. Huh? How's that for analysis? So why did they do it? When they don't have the evidence and they're cutting all kinds of corners, I think they did it to placate the left-wing base, maybe to placate Joe Biden himself. we got to stop this guy. He's an existential threat to democracy. you got to do something. And Joe, you know, he yells his head off. I could see that happening, couldn't you? Wow. This is crazy, crazy stuff. Now, Bernie Carrick is getting some heat, the former police commissioner, for saying that he could see. Let me see what the quote is exactly. Uh, he could see the Democrats resorting to assassination. Um, I actually don't think he's crazy. I think that's the first thought that crossed my mind as well. If they'll do this, they will. Actually, it wasn't the first thought, but people I know have mentioned this to me before, that that's what they'll do to stop him. They'll, they'll resort to something so drastic, so extreme. And again, if you're Liz Cheney and you believe, you've believed, you've convinced yourself and you've convinced all your followers, everybody, that this is a, an existential threat to democracy, a Russian spy and this, that and the other thing. You know, maybe you, who knows what, what you'll do to stop him. And what are they trying to stop? What is it about Trump that, oh, well, he uh, tried to uh, overthrow the government. No, he did not. You know, stop with that stuff. We watch the hearings. We watch that ridiculous show trial. The American people are smart. They get it. They know what cross-examination looks like. They kept waiting for Jim Jordan to come in and say, okay, it's Jim Jordan's turn. Now he gets to cross-examine. That never happened. It's un-American. People tuned it out. Now, maybe this is in response to that. Well, we didn't get anything from those hearings. Now we got to we got to. Now, Andrew McCarthy is a very smart lawyer, former prosecutor. He's saying that this is probably not related to presidential records. You know, 15 boxes of stuff that Trump may have taken with him. Hey, presidents take their own papers all the time. And there have been disputes before between outgoing administrations, former presidents, and the National Archives about what is national property, what is personal property. I don't think any of this stuff is classified, by the way. It just is, is it of national interest? The whole thing is a sham. All right. I think Barack Obama actually had a dispute with the federal government about what was his and what was... um, the governments. So they are, they'll do anything. They'll stop at nothing. This is, but they went too far. You know, it was a sleepy summer, January six hearings, nothing really happened. And uh, here we are. Well, he's going to survive. Not only that, he's going to thrive. Okay. I'm hearing from people that maybe he should declare today, declare for president today. I still think that would be a mistake. I think he's got to wait until after the midterms. Um, you know, Christopher Ray. The FBI director. How about this? This is 
damn near an acknowledgement that the Russia investigation was a hoax, although he doesn't like the word hoax. Just a little moment from last week's hearing when Christopher Wray, the FBI director, and people on Fox News today, well, you know, Trump appointed him, so, you know, we have to trust him because he's a Trump guy. No, he's not. Trump, unfortunately, too often relied on the swamp for recommendations for what jobs he needed to fill for applicants. He, uh, He relied on them. He can't do that ever again, and I don't think he will. Cut 31, please. Do you agree that the allegation of secret collusion between President Trump and Russia was a hoax? Yes or no? I I don't think that's the terminology I would use, but uh, I think there's been a lot written on this subject, and uh, both in the special counsel's report, the inspector general's report. So that's not a term I would use. All right. What would you use? Next, scheme, trick, fraud. Um, you know, you didn't exactly renounce the idea of a hoax. It's just not your term. Okay, what is the term you would use? What a sneaky guy. What a bureaucratic answer, huh? By the way, we got to take the FBI director's plane from him. What the hell is the FBI director doing with a plane? He gets his own plane. And you know what? When you give these ordinary guys like uh, Christopher Ray, when you give them real power, they don't know how to use it. They'll do anything to keep it. Same goes for Comey. Oh, I got to go. I want to show you one thing, though, when I come back. When they say the election, you know, raising questions about the election, even saying that it was might have been stolen, that's a big lie. It ain't no lie. Oh, no, it's not. And we've got smoking gun proof that it isn't. This is America. It is free and fair to have concerns, doubts. And you're even allowed to say, you know what? I think they may have stolen that election. You can say that. You can believe that. Because guess what? There are facts that will back you up. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This day in 1974, Richard Nixon, one of the great, I really like Nixon. I'm just, he's such an interesting man, came from uh, basically poverty and achieved so much. He was vice president of the United States when he was 39 years old. He had just turned 39 when um, uh, Eisenhower selected him. It's just incredible achievement. And, um, you know, Kennedy was handed everything, handed everything. Now, Nixon made some mistakes. I think he paid too big a price. But um, what insight here. This is his farewell speech, not the Oval Office address. He made a speech in the Oval Office the night before. Then the next morning, he spoke to White House staff in the East Room of the White House. And there's this moment that I think very much applies to people like Joe Biden, uh, Chris Wray, uh, Adam Schiff, and the rest. Go ahead. And so I say to you on this occasion, we leave. We leave proud of the people who have stood by us and work for us and serve this country. We want you to be proud of what you've done. We want you to continue to serve in government if that is your wish. Always give your best. Never get discouraged. Never be petty. Always remember, others may hate you, but those who hate you don't win unless you hate them and then you destroy yourself well it doesn't perfectly apply but i think the democrats are destroying themselves 
with utter hatred for Trump. They really are. They've taken it way too far. And I can go through it. I can go through it with any single Democrat in the world. You know, what is it? What is it that you despise about Trump? And they'll say, the, the, the tweets. All right. Uh, fine. He doesn't tweet anymore. Well, what is it? Uh, he's a racist. Oh, really? Let's talk about that. What do you mean? The Muslim ban. Oh, really? You know it was held up by the Supreme Court? You know it's not a Muslim ban? You know those countries were actually listed as high-threat countries by the Obama administration? You can take – they won't listen to that. They're just addicted to their hatred. And I'm, re- I'm genuinely stumped. Is it, is, it all, is it all style? It has to be. Is it, is it just him? Is it what, the hair? Is it the, the voice? Is it What is it? Now, I know we can rub people the wrong way. I happen to like all that stuff. I like the style. I like the substance. Jonathan actually wants to say something about this. He's in Rockland County. What is up with people, especially Democrats, who just hate the guy? Um, I'm, I've, I've, I said this when he walked down the stairway and announced it. He's not a politician. He's a businessman. And when he said he was going to expose everybody, they got scared. He... Think about this. Never in our history, at least my, we're about the same age, never in our lives have been, people been so engaged to what's going on in Congress and what these people are up to. The corruption, and that's what they're scared of. It's all coming out, and that's why they're really terrified. They throw these words around like racist and a bad person and narcissist. And, you know, he might be a little bit of a narcissist, but who isn't if you're not in politics? <laughs> well, but here's a moment. I, really... I want you to hear this, Jonathan. I played this last night on my on my show, and this is one of my theories. And sometimes, I don't know, but it's a theory. When Trump made this announcement at his inauguration, this is January 20th of 2017, I thought it was a beautiful speech, a beautiful moment. And this phrase, I mean, who wouldn't like it except the swamp, except the people who weren't in front of him, but were behind him on that dais, cut 36. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. That all changes starting right here and right now, because this moment is your moment. It belongs to you. An amazing moment. Yep, but the that's, that's me from last night. You know, Jonathan, you can turn that down now. Uh, Jonathan, I think that's what set them off. How were they feeling when he talked about that? How was Dick Cheney feeling? Because he was there, a man who made $100 million. I think that's it. Might be. Well, that's, that, that's exactly right, and that's what they're scared of, the draining that swamp and showing America who these animals are. And they're nothing but animals, and they're corrupt, and they're nasty, dirty, filthy people, just like we're seeing right now. And it's disgusting, and I can't believe how angry I am. I'm worried about his safety. I'm worried about his safety. And I will tell you that. I think they, they won't stop, and I had that exact same thought last night. But I will tell you this. 
um, I think that uh, it, it's just not going to end. And I think they pulled this card because my fear is that if they pull some kind of legal move, it might stop him from throwing his hat into the ring again. No, I, I, we'll fear. have more on that in a little bit. They can't do it. The Constitution sets the bar, and it's actually a low bar for who can run for president. You've got to be 35 or older. You've got to be born in the United States. Uh, the whole convicted of a crime thing, uh, no, you cannot get him on that. There is a constitution. It's pretty much a cut and dry deal. There are people who don't understand that. Hey, one other thing as we go to break here. I played that clip last night, and somebody called a couple of weeks ago and pointed this out. As the president is speaking, a bunch of soldiers and Marines start parading around behind him. The more I look about at that, the more I think about it, I think that was the first murmurings the first maneuverings of of the swamp <laughs> pushing back that was totally out of line got the president in the middle of his inaugural speech and he got a bunch of soldiers uh marching back and forth behind him for no reason very very strange that was it that was the first maneuver against trump actually i'll be right back traffic jams tailgating pile-ups oh the joys of driving How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I get people who are still calling me. They're trying to figure out, when am I on TV? I got to talk to the marketing people over there. It's 10 p.m. 10 p.m. I'm on Newsmax. It is a very unique show. Nobody is doing what I am doing in all of television. Uh, I am so proud of it. Uh, So proud of my team there. And uh, who do we got? Who do we got over there? We got Haley. We got Chris. We got... uh, uh, Sophie, of course, uh, running the show there. And we got uh, Megan and Noah and Esther. Who the hell else? Who am I leaving out? James is the editor. And Jake is directing. Fantastic people. All of them. All of them. And we put it together every every day and night. 10 o'clock. I get home pretty darn late. But that's okay. Not complaining at all. But I would like to get the word out there. So I got this person who's a huge fan of mine. She goes like, "Hey, where you? Uh, where do you work now? I haven't seen you on television in uh, in in in." Six. <laughs> this is a person who I know watches TV day and night. How do they not know? Well, they don't know because they haven't said anything. Unfortunately, I think there was just some slight oversight, but that happens. All right, what else? Hey, do you remember? Do you remember 2016? The debate: Trump Clinton. Awesome moment when Trump said as follows, responding to Hillary, cut 41. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. And they went wild. And then afterwards, they were like, how dare you say something like that? Oh, President Trump would, uh, Donald Trump would weaponize the Justice Department. Oh, this is the third. Well. The only thing is, he didn't actually do that, right? He didn't do anything like that. When he gets, uh, what did he actually do? When he gets elected, he tells 60 Minutes the following, cut 35. You called a crooked Hillary 
said you wanted to get in jail. Your people in your audiences kept saying, lock him up. Yeah. Well, she do did, you want she to did put some it, bad things. I mean, she I did know, some bad things. I know, but a special prosecutor? You I think don't want to might... hurt them. I don't want to hurt them. They're, they're good people. I don't want to hurt them. And he didn't. He didn't unleash uh, the FBI or the Justice Department. He left them alone. But no, that's not what the Democrats are doing. No way. And this, in so many ways, is is Joe Biden's moment in that he's been preparing for this all of his life. And how is that? Because he's been lying all of his life. A total and complete liar. Everything he says, everything, it's just, it's like breathing. He lies. You can look it up. I played it a million times. I'm wondering if it gets boring, but it's so fascinating to me when he gets caught in 1987 bragging to somebody about all of his educational credentials. He doesn't have one of them. Not one of them. I have three degrees from undergraduate. No, you don't. You barely got one. I graduated in the top half of my law school class. No, you graduated six from the bottom. I won the international moot court competition. No, you didn't. On and on and on like that. He is, and he, he said this in front of everybody. He said it in public. Well, back then, the fake news wasn't so fake. And they caught him. And he had to drop out. He had to drop out. That would, that should have ended his career, ended any prospect of him coming back. Because he's a liar. You're telling me he was 46 years old. And he kept on making an excuse like, well, I, you know, I thought in my mind that I was. I, but no, you're just a damn liar. You're just a cheap two-bit crook from, a, from Delaware. Look it up. How big is Delaware? You ever drive to Washington, D.C.? You go through Delaware in about eight minutes. Delaware. Are you serious? There are about six counties in New York State that are bigger than Delaware. Six counties that are bigger than Delaware. And you're the president of the United States. Well, we can all see. We can all see through you. We see who you are. My goodness gracious, trying to, struggling to put on his jacket. Yeah, yesterday he was uh, shaking hands and Schumer shake, shook his hand. And then, and then Schumer, he, he, Schumer is speaking at a podium, turns around, shakes Biden's hand, shakes Pelosi's hands, shakes somebody else's hand, and then goes back to the podium and, and Biden wants to shake his hand again. He seems to have forgotten that they already shook hands. Stuff like this happens all the time. Um, he's nasty and he's mean. And when they talk over the top, this existential threat, you guys better watch your mouth. You better watch your mouth. And I don't, if the fake news, how do we lodge a complaint against the fake news, the FCC or whatever? When they say this all the time, and it has an effect. If you're an ordinary person and you're not consumed with the news, but you hear this all day long, what are you going to think? Cut 33. We have found at least 18 states where candidates are running that deny the legitimacy of the last election. 50-plus candidates endorse some version of the big lie. All of those candidates, Republicans. It's a prerequisite to get that endorsement, to have endorsed some version of the big lie. That primary in Georgia on Tuesday might be the highest profile test of that big lie. Big lie, big lie, big lie. How many times have you heard it, right? You heard it a million times. It's a big lie. Anything about the, shut up, you can't say anything about the election. That's a big lie. Well, actually, no, it's not. <laughs> he, uh, uh, he's winning in the courts right now. Wisconsin. 
all of Wisconsin's electoral votes officially would appear to be up for grabs. You could actually cancel the results of the election. Why? Because 500 drop boxes, voter drop boxes, are illegal, were illegal. The Wisconsin Supreme Court said so. You can look it up. It's a 140-page decision. They say if we break the law, if we don't follow the law, we're like Saddam Hussein. We're like Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-il. We're like those countries. That's what we've become. You could throw the election results out in Wisconsin just based on that. And what happened in Pennsylvania? Same thing. Same thing. Two ways to vote in the Pennsylvania election, according to the U.S. I'm sorry, according to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's Constitution, in person or absentee with excuse. Well, they changed that. They just said that. And you know what? Who changed it? It wasn't the legislators. It wasn't. They didn't pass a law. They just changed it on their own. A couple of election guys. Yeah, we're just going to change this. Well, the only problem is you got to change the Constitution. And you guys did not do that. And that's illegal. So... (laughs) I'm so glad that Trump did not say the election was over. And relax, FBI, if you're listening. Uh, we're not saying Joe Biden is not the president. Oh, yeah, he is. Hey, you guys, <laughs> I yeah, I saw you. You signed the paperwork. All right, so he's the president. I think Donald Trump will be the 47th president, actually. I think he's coming back. This is a lot of people are saying they thought, okay, 90% chance he's running before yesterday. 90%. Now it's... It's inevitable. He's running for president. There is absolutely no way. And I think, strangely enough, he's been helped by this. He's been helped by this latest development. you got to check it out, that Wisconsin decision. Oh, he mentioned it at the rally the other night. Uh, is this where? I'm going to skip that for now. So many snakes, by the way, they will fight like crazy because they're guilty. They have power. They're going to do anything they can to keep it. And General Milley is one of the worst of them. Uh, cut 37. Do you remember this moment? Many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week. That sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. Oh, man, I wish Trump had fired him right then and there. You know, I'm hearing from all kinds of people now, well, wait a second, just because Donald Trump is a a former president, that doesn't give him any special protection. And if they had cause, they could just go right in there. Well, number one, you heard from Alan Dershowitz that this should have been a uh, a subpoena, not a warrant, not a (laughs) knock-knock police uh, warrant, number one. Number two, didn't I hear all through 2020 and 2019 You know, Donald Trump mentioned to Zelensky, he had some concerns about Joe Biden. You know, I saw Joe Biden and uh, he's over there in Ukraine saying, I'm not going to give you the money unless you fire a prosecutor. So maybe you should look into that. I mean, I'd look into that if I were you. How dare Donald Trump look into a political enemy or get one of another country to look into a political adversary? That's what was he a fit? What is he at that point? He was just a former vice president. He was just a person. He was just gently musing, actually. Gently musing. Somebody ordered the FBI to do what they did. Which is worse, gently musing or ordering the FBI? Ordering the FBI, I think that's worse. I think it's a lot worse. It's a lot more serious. But it's going to blow up in their face. Hey, remember, Trump is right when he talks about Wisconsin. Cut 34. As the Wisconsin Supreme Court said in its decision, if the right to vote is to have 
any meaning at all, elections must be conducted according to law. Really great. Yeah. And that decision is an amazing one, 140 pages, and it's right in there. Never hear the fake news. They're still, they're just addicted and lazy to saying, it's a big lie, it's a big lie. No, it ain't. (laughs) Uh, I would love to ask Joe Biden, by the way, hey, uh, you made a big deal. You were bragging about getting that prosecutor fired. You said you were going to get back on your jet and uh, take the billion dollars with you unless they fire that prosecutor. You were vice president for eight years. How many foreign countries did you insist that they fire the prosecutor? How many? I'd love to know the answer. I know the answer, actually. I'd love to see what he would say. The answer is one, Ukraine. All the countries in the world, he was only focused on that one prosecutor. One prosecutor must be fired. And guess what? A company named Burisma. That prosecutor was investigating Burisma, where Hunter Biden worked. What did Hunter Biden bring to the table? What skill did he have? None other than getting Joe Biden, his dad, to fire the prosecutor they didn't like. Oh, no, that's not true at all. Oh, yeah? Prove it. How is that not true? How is that not totally logical? That's incredible. Oh, boy. Hey, one other little tidbit, and then I want to take your calls. Did you know that Liz Cheney, Trump-hating Liz Cheney, who hopefully will be out of office very soon, I think the primary is two weeks from today. Oh, it's primary day in a bunch of different states. And again, what the hell's going on with having your primary in August and not in September where it belongs? I looked it up. Every state that's having the primary today, and uh, what are they? Do we know? There are a bunch. Um, One is, damn it, I don't know. Maryland? No, they already had it. Um, 20 years ago, they all had theirs in September. Now it's in August. Why is that? They don't want people voting. They want to minimize turnout. Isn't that kind of incredible? And, oh, the other thing is Hunter Biden, his lawyer, works at a firm called Watkins Latham. Watkins Latham, a big swamp law firm. Well, guess who else works there? Liz Cheney's husband. Liz Cheney's husband, some guy named Perry, is a partner at the law firm that is defending Hunter Biden. Is that swampy or what? Jimmy is in Staten Island. Hello. Jimmy. All right, never mind. Marianne is in Philadelphia. Marianne. Hi, Greg. How are you? Terrific. Uh, yeah, me too. I am I am wild, I must say. But anyway, um, where a thoroughly modern Millie was walking over for St. John's Church behind Trump. Yeah. Did you happen to notice the look in Esper's eye? He was right behind Trump when he was walking over there. And you could tell that he was going to diss Trump, too, at, at, at that time. And I thought to myself, that sucker, he's in with Millie. He's going to diss Trump, too, you know? Well, um, Esper did diss Trump, as you know. Another swamp yeah, rat. But, and, but and, uh, I did not yeah. see it. I've looked at that picture. Nothing in their face suggests much of anything. I can't tell or see anything. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Uh, Who knew what they were planning? It was to be outraged. Outraged. How dare Donald Trump stand in front of a church with a Bible? How dare he? How dare he stand in front of a church with a Bible? He should have a Black Lives Matter flag or a gay pride flag or a trans flag. That's what he needed. 
how corrupt, how sick is this country? Isn't that kind of, isn't that stunning? They say that the man with the Bible is the enemy. In front of a church, where's your, why don't you burn the American flag and wave the Black Lives Matter flag? Join the club. And you know who's going along with that? The church. That silly St. John's church down there. They got a great big Black Lives Matter banner up now. And I see it's still Gay Pride Month for a bunch of churches all over the place. They still have their silly gay pride flags out. I mean, June was the longest month ever. So, Marianne, all that to say, I did not notice anything in that guy's face. Uh, you know he does wear eyeglasses, so I didn't I didn't see anything. He just looked like another schlep. All right. Tom in Queens. Tom. Yeah, Greg, there's so much I can talk about. Oh, my God. You, you just peppered my... Uh, my, 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 my t- I wanted to originally talk about Ukraine, but I, can I talk about the election? Well, instead? you can say uh, uh, 20 seconds worth of stuff, and then I got to go. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, there's so much. The, the elections, <laughs> you keep talking about the big lie. I mean, there's, they always say there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence. There's so much evidence that they don't want to talk about. You know, and the Ukraine. Listen, we're, we're, we're spending so much money. All right, right, I know. Hey, by the way, time's up. You got to be more decisive in life. You got to see. There's so much to talk about. You got to pick something and go with it. But Tom, you're not wrong about anything. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I was uh, momentarily. Uh, I didn't know where the hell the primaries were. Uh, but they're in Connecticut, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Vermont today. The only race that I've been following, uh, Wisconsin a little bit, and Connecticut. I'm hoping that Leora, what's her name? Leora Levy pulls it out. She's a Republican. She's got a real shot if she gets this nomination against uh, Blumenthal. Denang Dick, you know that guy who lied about serving in Vietnam? Uh, real bad Trump-hating jerk. Needs to go. Total swamp bureaucrat rat. Uh, in it for himself. Uh, he's a very rich man, by the way. Oh, gosh. You go over to his house, and they got butlers, and, you know, they're serving weird food, and, you know, like just just very strange people. He deserves to be thrown out. Absolutely. That whole thing with the How did he get in there anyway? Talk about stolen valor. Yeah, you were in the Marines for six seconds at a unit known for not going to Vietnam. You went, you spent, you pick that unit specifically to not go to Vietnam, and then you're going around bragging that you were in Vietnam. Man, oh man, it doesn't get any lower than that. You got to throw Blumenthal out of office. No way does he belong there. And uh, that's a uh, good opportunity. Hey, when it comes to this FBI raid, when it comes to uh, the uh, all the things the swamp did to Trump while he was president, and they're still doing now, remember, hey, and <laughs> I would love for Chuck Schumer to be given his exit visas. Jesus, excuse me, but still, I don't like him at all. He is uh, Trump derangement syndrome. He is a madman. I mean, totally, totally crazy. And if he really knew this to be true, where are the investigations about this? So this is in 2017, just before Trump becomes president. He's on the Rachel Maddow show. Trump is understandably upset because he already can tell that the intelligence community, the FBI, they're trying to trip him up. They're trying to get him in trouble. And um, <laughs> Chuck Schumer says, yeah, that can happen. That They'll do that. Cut 23. You take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. 
what the hell would they do to get back at you? But aren't they about serving America? Politicians come and go. What do they care? Can I hear that one more time? This is Chuck Schumer about our about the men and women of the intelligence community. Cut 23. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. One more time. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. Uh, Why would they get back at you? What, they get their feelings hurt? They're going to get back at you? They're going to undermine America because uh, they don't like you? Is that how it works? It just might be how it works. Thank you for that remarkable insight, Chuck Schumer. Wow. All right, some of you have been on hold for a while. Uh, and then it's a reset, so I only have a moment. Sandra, our our great listener, Sandra, daughter of B. Oh. Hi. Oh, hi, Greg. You know, last night I was so depressed. I wouldn't go near my piano. My sister was crying over this with Trump that we love. And then when I put you on at 10 o'clock, and the listeners have to know, 10 o'clock, I felt better because you are such a positive person. You're a breath of fresh air, and I feel hopeful for Donald Trump. What I just wanted to say was those boxes that they took, do you think they could put something in those boxes and then twist it around and blame him? I don't know. I was just thinking that. Um, You know what? I never thought that, but... Who's to say they wouldn't do that? Yeah. Frame them. They try to frame them on everything else. You know, plant a little evidence. We know that's happened before. We know that has happened before. Oh, boy. You gave me something else to worry about. (laughs) Sandra, you know, hopefully they had an inventory of what was actually in those boxes. Um, The whole thing is so, so ridiculous. It really is. Bad guys at the FBI, really bad guys. You know, Bongino, who I love, I heard he kind of said enough about this. Uh, oh, well, you got to support the rank and file. I mean, rank and file agents did this. I last night thought that, you know what we should see? We should see resignations from the FBI. We should see some resignations. I hear that there are dozens of whistleblowers who have come forward, and they're keeping them under wraps. They don't like what's happening. All right, Sandra. Yeah, you may be on to something. Thank you very much. Don't let anything hold you back from playing that piano, though. We heard it once, remember? It was beautiful. (laughs) One day again. One day. All right. Thank you so much. All right. We are just about, yes, I am going to take a quick break. I will uh, will resume in, oh, oh, all right, one more, one more. Uh, Not Rich. uh, Roger in Nantucket. Yeah, hi. Uh, comment was made yesterday. Hey, that, what's uh, Nantucket like? Is that a big island or a small island? And is it part of Rhode Island, Massachusetts? What's the deal up there? Massachusetts. It's just big enough. Hey, uh, you commented yesterday that uh, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future in reference to a laptop. Every saint has a past or, ever. Every or, sinner. Or the, Wait. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I said that. What about it? Does that apply to Hunter Biden, or does that just apply to the people your boss hired? It applies to Hunter Biden, absolutely. It applies to Joe Biden. Uh, You don't have to be nasty about it, Roger. Um, Absolutely. Look, I don't like Hunter Biden. I don't like Joe Biden. Um, But I love them. I do. Everybody we know is is God's creation. And everybody's here for a purpose. 
even Joe Biden. I mean, you don't. God would not have allowed any of this to happen if he didn't have a plan. And he can do anything, anything, even through uh, miscreants like Hunter. And salvation, Roger, if you didn't know it already, is available to each and every one of us. Every single buddy, no matter what you did. All right? So if you haven't had that conversation, I encourage you to do so. And it definitely includes Hunter. All right. Many thanks. I'll be back in just a little bit. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, I just saw a great clip. I'm going to play it to you right now. I'm going to do this off my phone, actually. I think it can work. All right. Let's just do it this way. I'm going to try it. So it's during a debate. And somebody, people are pointing this out. Trump has been right every step of the way. This is in 2020. He's debating Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is uh, complaining that uh, saying something about the transition. The upcoming transition, and I guess he was making noise about how the transition was supposed to start even before the election. And some people actually do set up offices and they start planning and they start talking to the other administration just in case. And you you heard that all during the, the transition or during the time between the election and January 20th that, oh, Joe was poor Joe was at such a disadvantage because there was no transition. Well, um, what about what about Trump? In 2016, after he won the election, what did they do to him? Listen to this. And then have you ever seen those videos where they where Trump or whoever we like nails it so bad, nails it so good, you know, in a good, bad way, bad in a good way. They put a joint in his mouth and and sunglasses like a what do you call it? A Snoop Dogg thing. You know, I'm really down on pot, but I kind of think it's a pretty nice touch when they do that in the videos. All right, hold on a second, okay? I'm going to pump up, pump it up. Uh, one second. Oops, that's going to... Nope, nope, that was me. All right, hold right here we go. Wait. Joe, talking about a transition. Uh, there's been no transition from when I won. I won that election. And if you look at crooked Hillary Clinton, if you look at all of the different people, uh, there was no transition because they came after me trying to do a coup. They came after me spying on my campaign. They started from the day I won and even before I won, from the day I came down the escalator with our first lady. They were a disaster. They were a disgrace to our country. And we've caught them. We've caught them all. We've got it all on tape. We've caught them all. And by the way, you gave the idea for the Logan Act against General Flynn. You better take a look at that because we caught you in a sense and President Obama was sitting in the office. He knew about it, too. So don't tell me about a free transition. <laughs> and they put that joint. <laughs> Sorry, I don't like pot. But then they put the glasses on him and a great big gold chain because he was so cool. And don't tell me about uh, no transition. And you try to get General Flynn on the Logan Act. And he did. And it's in Peter Strzok's notes. They all brainstormed together. Obama. Uh, Susan Rice, who else was in there? Uh, they all, uh, uh, Comey. And Joe said, maybe we can get Flynn on the Logan Act. Now, the Logan Act is some BS uh, flimsy law that's been implemented, used like three times in uh, 200 years. And it says that if you're a private citizen, you cannot be conducting the uh, foreign policy. You cannot be engaged in foreign policy of the United States. Well, uh, there are all kinds of problems with the law, the wording of it, and it stands to reason that the incoming national security advisor, right, who that and that was Michael Flynn, could be, you know, have a role in talking to foreign people like the Ambassador Kislyak from from Russia. 
And they, they what they did is they set up a perjury trap. They got him to say he did not have a phone call with Kislyak. They probably put the fear of God into him. If you had a phone call with Kislyak, you know, that would be a violation of the of the uh, Logan Act. And then whatever was in his heart, state of mind, whatever, apparently he denied having a conversation. It, the conversation was perfectly legal. They suggested that it wasn't. You know, I don't know. I don't know what I would do if the FBI is here talking to me. Well, I know what I would do if the FBI, when they come and question me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invite them right in here into the studio, okay? Anything you can share with me, you can share with the audience, all right? Agents so-and-so and and -and so-and-so, and and, uh, we'll have it. I'll have that. uh, I'll live stream it, okay? And if they get me at home, I'll I'll, I'll bring up my Facebook Live. I'll say, hi, yeah, absolutely. You mind if my 500,000 followers watch with us? I'm not I'm not anticipating any visit from the FBI, but they have lost all moral authority in my book. I mean, they are so damaged, so tarnished. I sorry, but that's the way it is. Hey, who was fantastic on this? I haven't heard this, but Dan Bongino, who uh, we've communicated a couple of times through social media. I like him. He likes me. And uh, I would say we're allies, even though he works at Fox and I don't have much use for Fox these days. But I do like some of their people over there. I like uh, uh, Tucker and, and Dan Bongino. Cut three. This is some third world bullshit right here. Let me say it again. Third world bullshit. I mean every word of that. I don't care that it's cable news. I was a federal agent. I raised my right hand. And I swore to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And I love this country. This is a freaking disgrace. A disgrace. We don't live in Cuba. We don't live under Kim Jong-un. We live in a constitutional republic, a representative democracy. You have a bunch of FBI agents raiding the home of a former president because they don't like his politics? Are you kidding me? Yeah, good for you. I said much the same last night, uh, possibly uh, in a more subdued way. Maybe I ought to kick it up a notch. I've been known to do that. Let's see. What else did Dan say? Cut four. I've spent my entire time either on Fox or on my podcast exposing the left for claiming Russia interfered in election as Hillary Clinton played, paid off a bunch of foreign agents, her team literally to fabricate a story that occupied the nation for four years. What's she doing right now? Getting a manicure in freaking Chappaqua. She's not doing squat. Nothing. Hunter Biden is having sex on tape while doing crack, while doing crack. And what is he doing? He's living in a Malibu mansion. And yet the president, the former president, who whether you agree with him or not on his claims about the election, whether you agree or not, we still live in a country where you were allowed to challenge an election. Yeah, damn right. And by the way, I agree with him. (laughs) All right. Good stuff from Dan Bongino. Hey, Eric Trump is going to be joining me tonight, and Eric Trump has been making the rounds. Let me hear from uh, uh, Eric, son of Donald, cut seven. My father saves clippings and things like that, so he had he had boxes, right, when he moved out of the White House. And he was very collaborative. If you want to search for anything, if you think anything, like, you know, come right ahead. I mean, it was, it was an open-door policy. All right. Lara Trump, this is the wife of Eric, daughter-in-law of President Trump, cut eight. 
I have spoken to my father-in-law, and I, I got to tell you, you know, he's as shocked as anybody. I think for someone and anyone, quite frankly, who loves this country and believes in America, this should shake you to your core. What has happened today? This is a very clear demarcation in the history of America. Uh, never before have we seen something like this happen, where an unannounced raid by the FBI is conducted on a former president of the United States. You know, uh, the more I hear from folks, the more proud I am of what I did last night on the Newsmax show. You know, given when I had to do it, uh, it's not like I can check in with a million people. I did check in briefly with the president of the United States, expressed to him my support. We chatted for a couple of minutes, and uh, he was very supportive of me, by the way, and what I'm doing. And uh, so, but you got to just kind of go with it. You can't just look left and right. You just got to go and, and say what you what you think. And I did. I'm very proud of the content. It's doing very well on social media. Hey, you know who I like a lot is Miranda Devine. Uh, well, actually, before that, before that, Newt Gingrich is the heart and soul of America in many ways. I hope he gets this right. Cut 42. If 30 FBI agents can take over the House of a former president of the United States and probable candidate for president, what can they do to you? Great point, of course. Great point. <laughs> We're all more vulnerable. When I talked about, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about that right now. What will I do if the FBI comes screwing? You know, I was saying all kinds of stuff uh, before the uh, before January 6th. I knew all about the Electoral Count Act of 1887. I was saying it on my show. This is what we should do. This is how you can ob- object. Uh, I am. Uh, I would not be shocked if I hear from the FBI someday. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't look forward to that. I do know what I'll do. I'll call my lawyer, and then I'll open my cell phone, and I'll start recording. And uh, sorry, sorry, uh, but um, Comey and Mueller and this other guy, Ray, you guys ruined it for everybody. You ruined it for all the good people. Um, By the way, what we have to do is take away the private jet or, I guess, the government plane that these guys still get. Why does the FBI director need a government jet? Let's see here. This is uh, an... so he's testifying last week, Christopher Ray is, and they got to wrap things up. Why? Because he has to go. He's got to catch a plane, cut 32. We just heard a half hour ago about you're having to leave at 1.30. When he announced this uh, meeting, he said we're going to have seven-minute first rounds, three-minute second rounds. I've got seven people on my side of the aisle want their additional three minutes. Uh, is there any reason we couldn't? Uh, accommodate them for 21 minutes or whatever Democrats want second rounds to? Senator, I I, uh, had had a flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing it to out of here, Um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at 1.30, so that was, that's how we ended up where we are. Uh, That's how we ended up where we are. Sounded to me like he had to go catch a flight on Delta. But I remember when he said it, I'm like, wait a second, I think the FBI guy gets uh, his own plane, and he does. And where do they have to catch, where do they have to hightail it to? His vacation log cabin up in the Adirondacks. He's been going there since he was a little kid. He needs to go water skiing on some lake in upstate New York rather than telling us about what's happening uh, with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which we own, by the way. He doesn't. We do, the American people. Uh, What a bad guy. That, in my opinion, what you heard right there, that's contempt of Congress contempt of Congress. 
I got to go on vacation. It's 1.30 in the afternoon on a weekday, on a work day, and you're going to pack it in? You know, he brags about how he goes to all the 58 field offices all throughout the country, 58 field offices. To me, that's just code for I get to go on the private plane. And then they'll do anything to keep the power, to keep the status. They don't know how to adjust. They don't know how to play with these toys. They don't. They've never had it before. They've never had it so good. You know, you think anybody cares what a guy like Chris Ray has to say about anything? No, they didn't until he became the FBI director. Same goes for Comey. Same goes for all these guys. Uh, Donald Trump is different. He made it on his own. He became a man of influence about 30, uh, actually 50 years ago on his own. Well, what about his father? You know how many rich uh, rich kids don't do well in life, okay? <laughs> it happens all the time. Sometimes too mu- uh, a lot is too much. Anyway, whatever balance they struck, it was perfect. Donald Trump took what he was given and made it more. I think it was like a million-dollar loan and turned it into a multi-billion-dollar empire. That's pretty damn good. And, uh, you know, I don't think we should hold it against anyone if you come from humble origins, humble, you know, you have, you're have an immigrant or whatever, you grew up in poverty, or if you grew up, uh, you know, with uh, some of the nicer things. In America, we take you for you. Doesn't that sound nice? Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Uh, Rich in Jersey, yes. Hey, Greg, thanks for taking the call. Um, this thing with the swamp, you know, it's not just deep. I believe this swamp is bottomless. And what they did yesterday proves to me that they stole the election because supposedly Joe Biden got 83 million votes, didn't he? Most ever. Why would they not want Trump to, Trump to run again? They have to stop him because they know he'll crush Biden. They know he crushed Biden in 2020, and they're doing whatever they can to make sure he does not get on the ballot. And every time he speaks at CPAC and he goes 74 percent as the top nominee for the Republican nomination, that makes them even more mad. And they get they, they come up with even more ideas on how to stop him. You're and it's a, ridiculous. You're it's re, you're right. You're totally right. If he were if he were the pushover, they pretend he is and was. Why would they be scheming to get him off the ballot? And if anything, if he's as vulnerable as they say he is, if he's as bad and all that stuff, they should be greasing the skids to get him the <laughs> to get him the nomination. You know, just stand back and stand by and watch him go down. Uh, but they know better. They know the truth, and they I think they know the truth about what happened in 2020. I got to take a quick break, Rich. Thank you, Greg Kelly, on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, wow, 93 degrees right now. 93 degrees. Uh, I know that because I just looked at my Apple Watch, which is pretty damn cool. I don't know if I'm going to keep it. I don't know if I'm going to, but so far, so good. It's pretty, it's an amazing device. I went out for a run this morning in this heat. I only made it, but this is my goal, 1.6 miles. I know I've been here before. You know, I'm couple of steps forward, whatever, but uh, I'm really doing it this time, and I'm increasing by a tenth of a mile each day. And uh, I know, I know, I've been here before, but I'm doing it again, and um, I feel very good about where I am right now. I could not lift weights when I was done. I was too sweaty and damn near dizzy and wanted to collapse. I sat down. I made a mistake. I sat down in the lobby 
And uh, I was all sweaty and I left, you know, a little just moisture on the couch. And I don't think they liked that. And I didn't have anything to wipe it with. But I just, uh, I probably should have owned up to it. I just kind of ran away. Uh, how you doing out there with the, uh, and it's true, this all this nasty heat, some of it, like 5% of it is from that crazy volcano in a place called Tonga, T-O-N-G-A, some country. I believe that's in the South Pacific. There was a volcano back in what? Um January or something like that. And NASA says that a lot of the heat we're experiencing right now, the extra heat, this is a heavy heat. There's something different about it. I'm not one to really complain about the weather, but there's something going on. Oh, this is a very inspirational video. Let's play a chunk of it. This is Donald Trump. He put it out at one in the morning. And it's the first part is in black and white, and it's showing eerie images, you know, kind of depressing images of rain. And uh, things like that. Listen to Donald Trump talk about a country in decline. We are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. Mm. Empty streets. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year in more than five decades. Yikes. We are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history, and we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. True. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it's taken from the United States to build a military to rival our own. Uh, We are a nation that over the past two years is no longer respected or listened to all around the world. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked whose deliveries are not coming and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It turns around, baby. It is hardworking patriots like you who built this country. And it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no 
victory we cannot have. We will not bend, we will not break, we will not yield, ever, ever, ever. We will never give in, we will never give up, and we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Damn. That was strong. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. You can only hear it. The video is even is just as impressive. Wow, that's, uh, that's great stuff. I know, it's, it sounded all bleak and the nasty weather and the thunder and the lightning and the decline and the no energy and everything else and getting beaten. But then, then the comeback. That's going to happen again. That's going to happen again. I'm really optimistic right now. I really feel, I know, I was devastated last night. It was so strange, and I'm worried about what they're going to try next. But they can't stop him. They can't stop us. I'm looking at pictures right now, armed officers all over Mar-a-Lago. Can you believe it? Well, (laughs) you know, it's interesting. He's just getting stronger. He's just getting stronger. I'll be back in a couple of moments. Entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, you know, some of these Republicans, they're just as bad, if not worse, than the Democrats. My goodness gracious, uh, Mitch McConnell, who looks like, Mike, is he not the, the foulest looking person you've ever seen? My gosh, he really does look like a turtle or a snake. I'm sorry. I hate to make fun of people's appearance, but there's a problem there. And he has not come out to condemn what the FBI did against President Trump. He's okay with this somehow. And the same goes for one of his deputies there, John Thune. Where's that guy from? Um, Wyoming or South Dakota, one of those places. He looks like a Ken doll. He's a Ken doll, one of those handsome guys, you know? He's uh, he's like 60 years old and like super trim. Uh, Got to watch out for those guys. If you don't have a bit of a belly on you when you're uh, over the age of 50, watch out, okay? There's a good chance you're uh, not everybody, but there's a good chance you're up to no good if you're slim and trim and you're over the age of 50. Many exceptions, but uh, I'm basically right. All right, I'm I'm composing a tweet. I got to go through my Twitter process. I can't just tweet like I used to. I got all kinds of, oh, gosh, safeguards. I got to go to this person. I got to go to that person. Let me try that. John Kendall Thune and Mitch Jugdish McConnell. I don't know. Jugdish doesn't mean anything. I just think it was, looks funny. Are totally cool with the atrocity that just happened with that fake raid in Mar-a-Lago? Speak up already. Is that good enough? Is it insulting enough? Sometimes they, they want me to make these less insulting and less about their appearance. So uh, let me see if I can get this one in. All right. What else? Um uh, 
don't know what else. Was, I, actually, I want to change subjects for a moment. Uh, Eric Adams, rational people can tell that he is a failing mayor. The New York Times wrote a story that's getting billed as, ooh, the New York Times is really tough on him. And for the New York Times, this is a tough piece, but not really. Anxious New Yorkers worry whether Eric Adams is the man for the moment. City residents are concerned about violent crime, housing costs, school budget cuts, and homelessness. Some believe that the mayor has not met the challenge. All right. But then they spend the first half of the story talking about some woman who's in love with the guy. The very first quote uh, is from Mitzi Clark, 68 years old, a retired teacher who lives in Jamaica, Queens, I love him. I think he's wonderful. He's one of us. (laughs) As she exercised in the park on a recent morning, Ms. Clark said that she was most concerned about homelessness and that she supports the mayor's campaign to remove homeless people from the streets. I know I like how he dresses, adding his heart is good. He's compassionate. And then some teacher comes by. Uh, let's see here. Uh, about She's complaining about the principal of her school. She was asked to cut eight teachers, she said, speaking at the Liberty Pool, where she brought her young children. I would have been on the list, but she was able to keep me. Uh, the school budget cuts have become a political issue. Somehow she gives, she gives Adams the credit for that. Um, this is a negative story about him? I don't, I don't see that. Um, it's it's one rave review after the next. You got to go deep into the article, deep, deep, deep into the article, where somebody gets kind of critical about them. Just because something becomes less visible to you as a resident doesn't mean the problem goes away. Okay, it's not really a slam of uh, Eric Adams. She's talking about anyway. This is the New York Times being tough on somebody. I'm going all the way down. Okay, here we go. The very last paragraph in the story. The very last paragraph. Who, who, who the hell sits around reading articles these days, by the way? It reads as follows. He goes out there and thinks he's some sort of celebrity when he should be down on the ground rolling his sleeves up doing the work. Uh, he's true. He does have this uh, celebrity complex. And he, but the thing is, he doesn't know really what to do. He doesn't, he's never really worked. You know, He just knows how to show up at a microphone and say stuff. That's it. And ask for money and go to fundraisers and uh, do favors for friends. Uh, as far as governing, as far as administration, as far as, you know, that, that's, that's drudgery. I mean, you, gotta, you really got to sweat. And by the way, it, nobody really, it's not fun to watch. It's, it's, you know, behind the scenes. It's meetings. It's phone calls. It's meetings. It's phone calls. Might be some reading involved. I don't know if he's much of a reader. Um, so I wonder what's going to happen. You know, I'm thinking about running for mayor. Uh, I'd be happy to let other people do it. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. If there's going to be a deluge of people wanting to run against him. It looks to me like he's shoring things up politically. So he might, he might be okay in terms of, you know, his path to the nomination. And that actually would be good for me because... I'd only have to focus on one candidate. I'd probably run as an independent. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, who's this? Valeria in Florida. Where in Florida are you? Hi, Greg. <clears throat> I'm back home in Pompano Beach. Uh, I was in New Jersey last week when you did something very special for oh, me. Oh, yes. I, I sent you to the ballroom dancing. 
Yes, thank you so much. Miguel is so wonderful, and I've told him that I would promote him to all of my friends who need a car service. And I had a wonderful time. I had the time of my life. I felt like Cinderella. <laughs> I really did. But Tell everybody what happened. Tell everybody. Give everybody the backstory. If I do it, I sound like a ham. So why don't you just tell everybody what happened? Okay. Well, I used to live in New York City many years ago, right after Son of Sam was uh, put away, thank God. And then I lived in New Jersey. And so I have family and friends there. And I do a, a certain type of ballroom dancing called Latin Hustle. And it's very beautiful. And New York City is the mecca of for Latin Hustle. That's where it was created back in the 70s. And I have not been back to the city since 2019 because we had COVID, then we had the looting and the rioting, and then we had, you know, Mayor Adams, and he made things worse. So I was not able to go on Friday because I couldn't find anybody to go with me, and I was too afraid to take an Uber on the way back to Jersey only because there's so much crime. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And then I heard you talk about that you might run for mayor. And I called you up, and I said, well, what about Curtis? And you said something really cool, that you guys are totally on board with each other. And long story short, you sent a driver. You paid for it. I gave him a really big tip. I love him. I adore him like a family, like a little brother. His name is Miguel. And I told all my friends that dance, they all want you or Curtis to run again or somebody cool like you guys that love the city and love people and care about our safety. Well, it was a pleasure to uh, facilitate your big return to the city. And uh, I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, uh, my only thing is, I mean, Miguel said you kept him out till three in the morning. That's, uh, no, you know, that. you know, he's, you know, you're just joking. What do you mean? I you went to an after party and all these, uh, you met these friends and they went to some strange place and then. <laughs> Stop after stop. Miguel was uncomfortable. And, oh, uh, my gosh, Greg. I know, I know. That. You were home by 11. I mean, you could have. No, we left, we left at 1130 because he had to do um, a job at 5 in the morning. And I'm not the type to stay out till all hours because nothing good ha- uh, happens past midnight. Yeah. Well, so, anyway, I'm, I'm glad. Hey, wait, what's the deal, though? You live in Florida? I thought you lived in Jersey. You were just here for a little while? I was there to see family. I used to live in New York City. On the Upper East yeah, Side, no. in Yorkville. Yeah, I, I, I moved to Florida about a decade ago. So the I summer of it. Sam, the summer of Sam thing, that really traumatized, uh, especially young women. I mean, he was the way he was operating, the way he was rolling. Everybody was talking about it. It was really a terrifying. I mean, that left a bit of a mark on you, right? Yes. Now we have a son of Sam around every corner, and thank <laughs> God for the post. And on 77, that we keep updated because there's a lot of people that have their head in the sands and they don't want to listen to you. I know. I just want to say one more thing. I know you have a lot of callers. Mm. I adore President Trump. I worked on both of his campaigns. I've, I've been in his company. He's a class act. And I'm very sad about what happened yesterday. Very, very sad. It's only a few minutes from where I live. If you could, a lot of Trump people adore you. They listen to you. Please tell them to keep cool heads and off of A1A when they go to wave their flags in support of President Trump. A1A is that little highway that goes up and down Palm Beach uh, and uh, north and south, and it goes right by Mar-a-Lago. And it's a a little sharp turn that makes a Mar-a-Lago, and it's a single lane, 
and it can get very dangerous. So that's a good idea. If you want to turn out, it's best if you stay on the uh, West Palm Beach side because that's a good place to gather. There's more room, you know. Uh, anyway, Palm Beach is, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mar-a-Lago is closed anyway. Yeah, I think we got to keep our heads, uh, we got to keep calm. This is going to be okay. They went too far. I think they know it. And Trump's power as, uh, has actually increased. And the likelihood that he's going to run and win, I think, has gone up. So uh, they don't scare us. Uh, I got to admit, they did for a little while. I was really shocked. But uh, I feel a lot better. You know, I spoke to him last night, and he sounded in great spirits and uh, very good. So, hey, anyway, thanks so much. I'm glad you made the trip, and uh, I'm glad you're living a little, okay? Okay, thank you, Greg. You bet. Take it easy. Um, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, let's see. I would stay away from Mar-a-Lago just because of the, uh, if you're a well-wisher or whatever, that is it is kind of a dangerous place, and people walk on the side. Not Mar-a-Lago is not dangerous, but there's a lot of traffic over there. Um, actually, it's pretty quiet right around now. It's too hot. The season starts in like what November? It's too hot right now. Hey, this is Alex Stein. I get a huge kick out of him. Uh, cut twenty-one, please. So this is the vice reporter. You can tell the only one in a mask here. So how are you doing? Just doing my job. She's here trolling everybody here. So she's the only one here in a mask, and she's just saying negative stuff. I can't believe they let you in here. Do you feel like a lion or sheep in the lion's den? Um, I have credentials to be here. Yes, yeah, so do I. But I'm saying, see, this is Vice, guys. This person, she's trying to troll this event. She thinks all of you guys are losers. So that's what she posts on the Internet. She posts the most, she posts the most out of context stuff. See, Vice is the worst media company there is. They're all liars. So what do you think about your crappy media company? Just see my job in a paper pack. Being here, you can take it up with CPAC. She's a loser right here. She's the only one in a mask. You see this? This is what a loser looks like. She's the only one in a mask here. All right, stop, stop, stop. All right, I don't know if it's right. You can't say she's a loser right to her face. Although she's pretty mean to uh, Trump people. She calls us extremists. She calls us all kinds of horrible things. I noticed, I just went to her Twitter. It's all blocked. You can't read it. You got to be a friend of hers. Something's up. All right. Once again, it's primary day in August. Another another time. Connecticut, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Vermont. You know, last week, what did we have? We had uh, Arizona. We had Maryland. All summer long, we've had primaries. In New York City, primary day is the last day of school in June. People want to get the hell out of town. They don't want to vote. This is another. This, this. Is against this is an existential threat to democracy. Pretty soon they're going to make elections on uh, on Christmas Eve. This is a nasty, sinister trick. Christine in Middletown, you're politically active. Uh, what the hell is going on up there with the uh, primaries in August? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, um, we're in a deep blue state. Probably they're they're doing. Um, I'm hoping what last night could help Leora Levy. She was the Trump. Candidate, the three that are running for the Republican U.S. Senate uh, Republican nomination. Yeah. But uh, Senator Clarita, she would have been not my choice, but my guess to win, knowing this state. Interesting, I found out that um, she put out two endorsements by other candidates, and that proved to be a lie. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what she looks like. Uh, she was endorsed by Trump, so I'm pulling for her. I'm sorry, I can't yes, tell. Uh, do, you, do you like her or not? 
I, I think so. I like what she's been. Uh, I like what she's been campaigning on. I, I'm an independent, so I can't vote today. So if she wins, you damn well know I'll be wearing a red dress come November, uh, election day, in November, voting for her. You know, we have to take our country back, and we got to do it in the memory of Ashley Babbitt too, sir. Well, you know how I feel about Ashley Babbitt. My God, what they did, and I am really worried about Trump at times. You know, his safety. What they did. To Ashley Babbitt, they killed an unarmed woman. What will they? Look, we know this government is capable of some pretty horrible things. I love our Constitution. I love it. I love it. I need. We need to see reform of the government, though. And there are some great people in the government, but there are some absolute snakes. This is a constitutional republic. This is by the people, of the people, for the people. People in the swamp, though, they have contempt for us. They have absolute contempt. They don't. Have, they don't respect you. They don't respect me. And uh, I think two of the worst of them all happen to be Republicans: Mitch McConnell and John Thune. I just sent them a little love note on Twitter. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, here's everything you need to know about that uh, silly raid at Mar-a-Lago. It's Donald Trump's statement on it, all right? I'm going to read it. It's in its entirety. Uh, Here we go. Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America. These are dark times for our nation, as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege. This came out last night. Raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately want me to not run in 2024 for president, especially based on recent polls, and who will likewise do anything to stop Republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections. Such an assault could only take place in broken third world countries. Sadly, America has now become one of those countries, corrupt at a level not seen before. They even broke into my safe. What is the difference between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democrat National Committee? Here, in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th president of the United States. The political persecution of President Donald J. Trump has been going on for years. With the new, fully debunked Russia, Russia, Russia scam, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, and so much more, it just never ends. It is political targeting at the highest level. Hillary Clinton was allowed to delete and acid wash 33,000 emails after they were subpoenaed by Congress. Absolutely nothing has happened to hold her accountable. She even took antique furniture and other items from the White House. I stood up to America's bureaucratic corruption. I restored power to the people and truly delivered for our country like we have never seen before. The establishment hated it. Now, as they watch my endorsed candidates win big victories and see my dominance at the polls, they are trying to stop me and the Republican Party. Once more, the lawlessness, political persecution and witch hunt must be exposed and stopped. I will continue to fight for the great American people. Is that amazing or what? Good for him. One hell of a statement. He said it all right there. <sighs> I do feel good. I feel strangely confident. Uh, I do. I think this is all going to work out. They just, they're exposing themselves. They are weakening themselves and they are making him stronger. I breaks my heart still, though, that uh, we're going to go through a tough time. Shouldn't be like this. 
they have to really do some self-reflection. What is it that has set you off like this? What is it? Nothing about his presidency warrants anything like this. Well, what about January 6th? It's one of the reasons why I think they engineered January 6th, they being the left. (laughs) Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, you can look at it. They shot that woman. They let people inside the Capitol on purpose. There was no security. What was that all about? Well, they know that his presidency was actually pretty reasonable. So they had to besmirch it. They had to tarnish it in some grand way, in some way that would, they think, render him unelectable in the future. But that turned out to be a phony hit job. Very phony. They'll stop at nothing. I'm worried about them. It's not Trump that we should be. Trump is this, this can save us. The problem is these people will burn the country down let it, rather than let him get elected, I think. Anyway, we can handle it. We can handle it. Peter in New Jersey's got something to say. Hello. Hello, Greg. Say, whatever happened to Zuckerberg and his four hundred million that he did with the voting in twenty twenty? He's like disappeared off the face of the earth. You know, something's behind that. Well, what do you mean something's also, behind it? I mean, it's uh, it's him. And uh, Trump was speaking about this. Uh, fr- what is going on there, man? What is up? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just walked out the door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Screen door or something like that? Eey. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it hurt my ears. That. All right. I got to, I got to, no, no offense here. I got to go in a minute anyway. So I got to put you on hold. Uh, look, he's been talking about Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, he talked about him at the Wisconsin thing. And it is ironic. That guy can put in a half billion dollars into actual local governments, spread it around to left wing groups and government agencies at the state level. And get away with it. Meanwhile, people like, uh, let me think, Dinesh D'Souza. Remember that? He gave like $200 more than was legally allowed to Wendy Long, and they sent him to jail. You give a little bit too much money. We're all, the rest of us, you know, we're all limited to, what is the maximum contribution? Is it $5,000, $4,000? It's it's below $10,000, what you can contribute to any one candidate. And that's what most people do. And uh, if they are going to give money, they give it to a candidate. But there's Zuckerberg. Hundreds of millions of dollars. This guy in his head saved the country. And you know what? Probably without that money, I don't think uh, they could have made it that Biden won, quote unquote, won the election. Zuckerberg is, um, I hate to say, I think he's a bad guy. And he's spooked by what happened in 2016. Remember, Brad Parscale, he was so good at digital ads on on Facebook. He just used that platform so well. And Democrats, you know what they did? They took it out on on Zuckerberg. How dare you let Trump use your platform effectively? And that's where the shadow banning really started. Uh, Twitter followed suit. Anyway, uh, thank you all. It's almost time for me to go across the street. Um, What am I going to do tonight? I'm going to do more on this, obviously. I have to. I have to. And I want to see what plays out. Oh, tonight I will have Eric Trump on. Eric Trump, uh, son of Donald, of course, and a total prince. You know, I first met him uh, many years ago. I think it was in 2009 at a bar in New York City. And uh, we were both, he was with a group of people. I was with a buddy. And uh, it's interesting. We, I started talking to him because I really was interested in the girl that he was with. And he was with Lara, his fiancée at the time, and this other girl 
And I could tell I was watching because I was in love with this other girl. I was like, whoa. And I could tell I, I had to be very careful here. I mean, how do you how do you approach? How do you, you know, I, I wanted to talk to this girl. And I, there was a slight. Anyway, I was able to do it. Eric facilitated. And uh, I was on my best behavior, of course. And I think he noticed that because I didn't. Uh, I was a nice person before I knew it was Eric Trump. Know what I mean? Anyway, we kind of bonded over that moment. Nothing really happened with that uh, young lady. We went out a few times. Uh, didn't uh, lead to uh, marriage, but I, I wish her well. I think she's very active in the equestrian community. All right, that's it. I will see you tonight at Newsmax. Eric Trump. Oh, also, Dick Morris, a genius on this stuff. See you tonight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.